This is Kanzenshu, the podcast, episode 419 for the week of January 8th, 2017. Hello, welcome back again to Kanzenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzenshu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and just a little bit of the entertaining. Back at you, this is Mike Vegito EX. We have another hell of an episode for you this week. Not too long after the previous episode either. I know, coming so quickly. That's because we recorded a lot in advance. That's the dirty secret here. We had a lot that we could prep ahead of time this week on the show talked about it last week it's gonna be myself and our buddy chris neosi you may know him as kerbifer talking about the major themes of dragon ball things like arrogance things like camaraderie we had five major points that we went through roughly like an hour and a half discussion we'll see what that comes to in the final edit but another great long-form discussion for you chris asked me to come on to his Kerblog series that he does on his youtube channel uh, and it really just ended up being a full podcast topic so we're sharing it yet again it's on his channel and here in your podcast feed as a part of our podcast episode 419 and again, because we're preparing this a little bit ahead of time, uh, I have no idea what the news has been for the last two weeks. I'm in the past. I don't know what you know right now. Uh, Chris developed this topic in celebration of uh, Toonami's Dragon Ball Day, the English dub premieres of Dragon Ball Z Kai, the final chapters, and Dragon Ball Super will be premiering, will have premiered by the time you listen to this. That's why he invited me on to talk about this. So it kind of feels like, as always, there's something exciting going on with the Dragon Ball franchise. So what we're going to do is we're going to just jump right into the topic again this week. I will join you on the flip side to wrap things up and give you a little bit more of a look ahead to January in 2017 here at Konzenshu and specifically on the podcast. Uh, so enjoy the topic, myself and Chris talking about the major themes of Dragon Ball and I'll hit you up on the flip side. <laughs> Get ready to talk it out, talk it out on this new blog. Let's have a discussion with a friend, we're never gonna give up. So let's talk about Dragon Ball, cause what else would we do? As I say, go Kamehameha. Welcome everybody, welcome one and all, and happy Dragon Ball Day on this. We're putting this out on uh, January 7th. Saturday, uh, when tonight will be the finally coming back onto Toonami where it belongs again, new Dragon Ball Z stuff in the US, uh, both the premiere of Dragon Ball Super, uh, as well as Dragon Ball Z Kai, the final chapters are both going to be happening tonight. And as such, uh, we are continuing to celebrate what I kind of turned into Dragon Ball Week between uh, our over two hour long discussion of the Future Trunks arc from Dragon Ball Super that just finished up airing in Japan recently. Uh, by this point, I've also put up my review of Dragon Ball Fusions. And today, uh, for such a big day, I'm joined yet again by Mike Vegito EX. Uh, welcome back, Mike. Hi, thanks for coming again. Hello, it's just me this time. Yes, not 7,000 people, although not that uh, Scott and Mary were not a joy to have as we broke our record uh, first thing out of the year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun too. And uh, But today, uh, I wanted to have you on for something a little different, a touch more in-depth. Uh, in fact, you know what, actually, so before we go into this, uh, we, we gave our introductions before. 
Um, but again, as this is the start of the new year, uh, Mike, t- tell us a little bit about yourself and Consensu and your history with Dragon Ball on the internet and off the internet, et cetera, real quick. Yeah, so I'm one of the four guys that runs the website Consensu. That's K-A-N-Z-E-N-S-H-U-U dot com. If you track its history all the way back, I began it as Vegito EX's ultimate DBZ links page in January 1998. Uh, transitioned to Vegito EX's homepage, transitioned to Daisenshu EX, performed a little bit of Fusion, and here we are as Consensu. Uh, several years later, the Fusion itself is hitting five years, which is crazy to me <laughs> to God, believe that yeah. we've been doing that for that long. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I've been covering Dragon Ball. Uh, I'm not going to call it professionally because this is not my day job, actually. Uh, But this is something that I have been doing online for now 19 years, Uh, covering the news, the fandom, um, documenting its history in universe, out of universe. Uh, This is what I do. And so I'm really excited, glad to continue doing it approaching two decades later. Yeah. And I mean, as you often joke on, because of course, Consensu has a podcast as well, of which uh, all of the crossover curb logs that we do often appear on the feed of as well there is always something new to be covering at every second of every hour by one of you four guys i know it's really crazy the podcast itself is over 11 years old now too uh and every couple of years we're, we're just in amazement of can it really be that in the year 20xx that more is happening now than was in you know 1995 it's it's crazy man and, and yet dr wiley is not making robot masters anymore <laughs> but nonetheless <laughs> no ben ben there done that with garo been there done that with Machirito. <laughs> it's old hat now um so i called you on today i i i captured you yet again this week uh, <laughs> i hope because... i'm in the master ball come on <laughs> at least give me that much credit here uh dust ball you know oh, great it, it was no actually it's not even late at night what the fuck am i talking about <laughs> i wasted a dust ball on you good god uh nonetheless uh so actually it's funny earlier uh within the week so actually because okay blowing off the the lid we're, we're recording this on new year's day uh, a little bit ahead of time, and uh, so we're all party hardied out. Anyway, early earlier in this week, I was re-listening to a uh, a, a Daisenshu, sorry, a Kanzenshu. My God, I'm slipping up already. Uh, episode that we uh, we recorded actually over a year ago now. That was specifically about what defines music in Dragon Ball. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, for one thing, I couldn't even believe that it was it was that long ago. We did that already. Uh, that was a, a really fun discussion that I loved getting to do. And I don't want to say quite that this is like a sequel to it, but it's another like in-depth like not not even actually so much what defines Dragon Ball but really what is Dragon Ball all about uh and you know because it's funny you you don't think about I think super often the things that I wanted to cover in this one they're just kind of like ingrained in the mythos and the just the kind of overall execution of the story and everything um and I, I guess also to blow the lid off something, maybe this might sound a little bit bad. Um, part of this topic was also inspired by my frustration with the fact that I feel like most people don't know how to describe the core themes of Dragon Ball when they're asked to describe it in whatever context. Uh, I was seeing a lot of like uh, interviews and panels and things where like people have to surmise Dragon Ball in like two seconds and they can't <laughs> or or what you'll typically get is uh, alien punches 
other space aliens. Like, that's what people reduce the story down to. And yeah, that's what Dragon Ball is about, but that's not what makes Dragon Ball. And I'm, and I'm glad that you are someone who likes to get that deep into the series, because these are the kinds of discussions uh, I enjoy having the most. Yeah, I enjoy reviewing an arc, and I'll continue to do that as you know, long as you'll have me on your channel doing that as well. You know, I, I enjoy reviewing games and talking about some of the news, that kind of stuff, but really getting nitty gritty with the themes of Dragon Ball. Um, not a lot of people get into that, and when they do, uh, like you said, I, I feel like they don't go deep enough, and I feel like we're setting ourselves up for failure here. Like, well, they don't do it well enough. We're gonna set it up and knock it down. This will be the definitive discussion of Dragon Ball's theme. I, we'll try our best. No, I mean, we're just gonna... I, this is, if anything, it's my, what I get away from. What I, what I take away from this show, from this series, this franchise that I've, you know, been enveloped into for, you know, what, what, how, it's been, it's been in the U.S. for how long now? Its presence is, what, 20 years now? Well, if you ignore Harmony Gold's first attempt at it, if you start with Funimation themselves, the Dragon Ball TV series began in 1995, 13 episodes in one movie, skipped ahead to Z in 96, and, you know, here we are, over 20 years later. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I've been following it for almost all 20 of those years, and there's a good reason, there, there are several good reasons we're going to go into as to why it is so special to, to both of us, really. You know, and, and this is stuff that, like, I think I've had offhanded conversations with people about at different points, uh, but certainly not doing something like this. And, and likewise, I'm glad that I have you on this because I know that, you know, you, you can, <laughs> you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. When I pitched the outline, you were already like, I'm in. This is good. Right. And you know what I enjoy about this is uh, you get to lead the discussion a little bit. And I like having my brain picked sometimes more so than leading the discussion because then I feel like it jogs my memory and my imagination a bit more. So I like kind of being in the hot chair a little bit. Truthfully, these curb logs are just you taking a break from being a host for once because you're doing that every episode. <laughs> Right. You know, a, a way I want to set this up, and this is going to be really difficult. I already just took host back from you. Sorry. Like, I can't avoid it. <laughs> no, please take it all from me. Go ahead. Sometimes Go ahead. it's going to be a struggle for us here uh, as well to separate the themes from the archetypes in the show, things like Wise Old Master, um, you know, that's an archetype and that ties into some of the larger thematic discussions. So I do want to differentiate between those, but just know that they're going to kind of wind through and through each other as we have this larger discussion. For sure. Like like specific characters will be coming up at different points, uh, certainly ones that will show up more than once in each of the... I've, I've written down about five major points that I wanted to hit up uh, in, in kind of a... Uh, ascending order uh, in, in or actually sorry descending because they're I think that they're deeper with each one uh, in in my opinion but also I think to to start off with as well so uh, I was kind of implying about my my frustration with some uh, some of the other other folks that I would see try to describe it and and often in like like a, a serious kind of way of like well so Dragon Ball Z is about blah 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 like in like a real kind of way but often what I it usually gets described as in those kind of contexts. And I won't name names because I don't want to like rip on people. I'm not trying to like poke fun or whatever. But it's usually like, well, um, it started as as a, a, a like a parody of the Monkey King, and and I'm like, yeah, it it started that way for about five seconds in the grand scheme of things, and you know, and but then also when they continue, it turns into, and then this alien comes down and then captures <laughs> right, the sun, right. etc. And I'm like, stop, please. The, oh, the classic God. no one watched Dragon Ball response. Um, and you know, I had as I was going through your notes, I'm scribbling things down here. 
I wrote, do I want to get into a little bit of this Journey to the West stuff? Because I feel like that does start to get into a little bit of the archetype versus thematic discussion. But I do think it's important because as you said, people start there. But and I don't want to toot my own horn. Like I, I have actually read Journey to the West. I have read the complete unabridged Journey to the West. I don't know as much as other people when it comes to Chinese literature, but... I've at least read it, and I somewhat know what I'm talking about here. Dragon Ball, yes, it begins as, if you want to call it a parody, more of like a a takeoff of Journey to the West, where characters are playing certain roles from Journey to the West. Bulma is playing the role of the priest. Goku is literally taking his name from the Monkey King. Sun Wukong is Son Goku. Uh, Yamcha is uh, Sandy there. Oolong is very much Pigsy there. I mean, some of that stuff is obvious. Uh, The cloud, the the rod, the expanding pole. Yes, that's all Journey to the West. But the way that Dragon Ball is set up as a story is Journey to the West in a nutshell, too. The way that every chapter of Journey to the West ends, and I love talking about this because it's such a it's such a corny thing, but I love it, is that the narrator comes in and he's like, and what happens at this point in time in this climatic battle between these two adversaries? We don't know. So let's find out together in the next chapter. And doesn't that sound familiar to you? Like, yeah. And yep. yeah, the, the English dub played that up more so than in Japanese, where Yanami's narration was generally played pretty straight. But like its entire persona is coming from Journey to the West. In both cases, there's this larger goal. Uh, in Dragon Ball early on, yeah, it's collecting the Dragon Balls, but later on it, it becomes, you know, defeat this great adversary, someone like Frieza. Uh, or, you know, there's a, a war between these two different tribes or something like that. I and mean, Dragon Ball doesn't quite, I mean, we're getting into a galactic fight between universes here. So maybe it's taken more than you think. That's true. That, that's very true. Yeah. But <laughs> if, you, if you think about it, like all these things, Dragon Ball retains that identity throughout its entire run, not just those early obvious visual illusions to journey to the West. Uh, and I, I just think that's really important to drive home because it's that air of Chinese mysticism. Obviously have to throw in the term wuxia here and I'm not the expert on wuxia, but you, like it is that and it's taking all of, yes, it's archetypes, but also all of its themes from those prior stories. And Journey to the West is the main one. I think often when you look at a uh, any kind of like comic series where it's it's generally the creator and then like their staff, often the uh, in terms of just the influence, it's pretty easy to see. I mean, like, you, you could look at almost any uh, action Shonen Jump series and you can see where a lot of them also took their inspiration from previous uh, shonen stuff, including Dragon Ball, sure, more sure. often than not, there's there's some influence in there somewhere. And with Toriyama, I mean, you can very easily see the Journey to the West influence all throughout. You know, a lot of the kung fu movies. I know he's he said right. he's like big fan of Jackie Chan movies and things like that. Absolutely, which I think actually is a good kind of jumping off point into the first and I think the most basic of uh, of things that I wanted. To yeah, get to, totally. Get into. And this and this comes from. All of those previous Wuxia tales pushing one's limits. Yeah, man, like that is not just Dragon Ball, but the character of Goku in a nutshell. Dragon Ball is about all that other stuff going on, but making yourself better as a martial artist, not as this, not as that, but as a martial artist, as a fighter, as a combatant in every way. And that's on a physical level. That's on a spiritual level. Anything that they can use to pull in and hone and refine to make themselves a better fighter. That's what Dragon Ball is about. 
when uh, w- once we got past the the first the, the the Emperor Pilaf arc as it is, uh, you know, and we had gotten past the initial okay, I've I've basically done my take on the Monkey King slash Journey to the West esque kind of journey story, uh, and we had what eventually became the first Tenkaichi Budokai slash World Tournament uh, arc after that, which I think personally was the first one that really got into okay, this is what's going to more so define the type of stuff that Dragon Ball would be about, not just because of it, it being about tournaments or whatever, because of course we've had many, many, many of those throughout the series, uh, but specifically about uh, the, the training side of things and, you know, the, the honing your skills with, with Roshi being at the forefront and then, you know, Goku and Krillin before, you know, now it's the Goku and Vegeta training yeah, all yeah. the time. But um, this particular thing being introduced uh, through Roshi first and foremost with his, uh, his Jackie Chun disguise. And, and actually, this is something that, that I find very poignant personally, because this is something that applies not just to martial arts, but to any form of skill that you that you're developing and yeah, yeah there's always someone out there who's going to be better than you at what you do it doesn't matter if you're a martial artist or an animator or a bank teller i don't fucking know <laughs> like, <laughs> you know you're, you're absolutely right because everything that we continue to see now even in super characters like hit characters like beerus characters like uh the omni king zen O. yes there's always someone out there who's better than you and dragon ball originally in the manga ended on this note with and there's so many more great adventures out there to tell these stories to tell so many other strong dudes out there isn't this amazing isn't that just an eye-opening wondrous revelation to have and we still have that but like you said it was solidified in that first tournament what i love about kami sending the turtle sage master roshi he adopts the persona of Jackie Chun. He does that for a variety of reasons. Some of them are practical, but some of them are also emotional as well. He wants to prove to the kids that there's someone out there stronger than them. But he also does it in this very heartfelt way where he doesn't personally have to be responsible for shutting them down and destroying their ideals. Like, oh, well, of course my master beat me. No, he does it in a way that shows them, look... Huh? Isn't it neat that there's someone stronger than you out there? Oh, I, I don't know who he is. Like, no, don't worry. I'm not over here. Obviously, other characters are a little smarter than Goku, but <laughs> that's that's Toriyama writing to me in a nutshell where it is. It's so smart. It's so clever, but it's so obvious at the same time. It's interesting, too, because in in some ways, the uh, there's always got to be somebody stronger kind of thing. In in some ways, has often been like I think by a lot of people who are a little more pessimistic about the series, uh, been like a weakness in that it's like okay, and then will we beat this guy? So now we got to have someone stronger than them introduced, and oh god, how do we top this? You know, yeah, kind that's of thing. the shonen power creep. And if there was a better way to get around that, someone would have already i don't yeah i don't know i mean maybe there is something like that out there i'm not the most well-read when it comes to things like independent comics whether it be in english or otherwise uh but shonen is popular because it is about that idealism of the young boy coming up against greater adversaries and you know it's just easy to come up with one after the other and it just kind of works out that way for sure and i think that like by and large considering you know you could probably say that that a lot of the writing for uh, dragon ball as toriyama was creating it especially later on by the time he got to the boost stuff um you know a lot of it was uh, was very like all right well i don't 
entirely know what's going to happen next. I've, you know, maybe I have got some ideas, but I'm right, going right. to kind of play it by ear. And and there is some magic to that too. Another thing he said is that he wants it to be, he said this most recently and with uh, the newer productions, he wants his stuff to just be pure entertainment. He doesn't want you to think too hard about it because at the end of the day, it is still a series for young boys, shonen literally means young boy. It's for children. Um, and of course, Toei and Shueisha's goal is to indoctrinate you as a child to sell you nostalgia in another 10 years. But coming from Toriyama's perspective, and if we're talking about the original series, the manga, from the pen of the author himself, that's his goal, is to just write a fun, entertaining series for young boys. And I know we talked about this on our review of the uh, the Future Trunks arc from Super. It's not going to get too much more complicated than that. He's going to walk the line at times. I think the cell arc and then in Super the Future Trunks arc is probably the most complicated you're going to get out of Toriyama. For sure. And and no, there isn't anything wrong with that. And I and I think that it being kept simple and, and the fact that like there is a lot of this just like, okay, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants and whatever comes out. And, you know, th- there is some magic to that. And there's a lot of value to that because it's still coming from the heart, I would like to think, you know, like, I guess like just from, think from thinking from an artist and a storyteller's perspective. Um, but uh, but uh, going back to Goku as well, because I think Goku and Vegeta exemplify the pushing one's limits, uh, you know, theme like more than probably any other characters in the entire show. With Goku, uh, like it's established literally from the beginning that uh, oh he is some kind of like you know before we knew he was obviously an alien, he's some kind of super being that can you know take being shot in the head or getting hit by a right. car depending on what interpretation it's a you know and the fact that like. Uh, that Roshi, you know, sniffs that out already. It's like, okay, this kid is already far beyond what I can possibly imagine, but I don't want him to get too ahead of himself. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at later, uh, you know, like in Super, Beerus pulls the same kind of thing where he has Monaka as kind of the uh, the, the <laughs> right. red hair, the literal red herring of like, all right, well, I don't want him to know that he is possibly the strongest in both of these universes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for all he knows. Because I think that in, in that way... What what I think is being said with that is it's like, sure, but you should never stop learning. You should never stop trying. And Goku is the Goku and Vegeta for different motivations, uh, you know, I think at times are, uh, you know, they're, they're the type of people that that don't want to stop, that don't want to You just be like, OK, no, I'll just rest on my laurels. No, nah, I'm cool the way I am. I mean, even I was I was just uh, rewatching the end of uh, the original run of Kai where, uh, you know, they end with with Cell being defeated. And, uh, you know, when it looked like at that point, okay, well, I guess Goku's adventures are going to continue in death and he's going to find these old martial arts masters and pass away and, you know, stuff like that. And, and like, every time I see things like that, like, that makes so much sense to me. And I feel like that that is such a, that's a good thing to impress on readers. Because, again, no matter what it is that you're, you know, focusing on in your life, uh, like, I think about for myself, for instance, like, I... I'm I'm constantly pushed to do better by the fact that I am friends with and see constantly every day on every feed of of social media amazing artists and animators and people like that who inspire me like, man, I want to get to be that good someday. I want to keep going. I never want to like peak and stop and like this is my limit. This is as far as I go and I'll just be content with being a Yamcha or or a or a tension on or whatever. It's like, no, I want to keep going because like, you know, I I'm I'm Getting excited by all of these guys. I'm I'm literally quoting Goku. Waka waka. <laughs> yeah. For for Goku though, I find it really 
really important to note that for his character, it's generally less about seeing that, man, like this flies in the face of what we were talking about. For Goku, it's usually not that there's someone out there stronger than him. It's usually him about besting himself. Uh, And along the way is when he comes up against these greater foes. But in general, he's always pushing to do better on his own, which I think sets up the other characters who then look to Goku, whether it be Kudadin, whether it be Tenshinhan, whether it be Piccolo, whether it then be Vegeta. These are then the other characters that come in that see Goku as like this unachievable goal, but they're going to try to achieve it anyway. So we have these, like we were talking about, these archetypes of the old masters setting up Goku to then set up his peers. I I think that is Dragon Ball in a nutshell. Which I think beautifully goes into the next point. It's kind of a sequel to to this first one. Uh, The idea of raising all tides. Uh, and and we've talked about many master characters as as you know Goku has had I think maybe like four or five different uh, like teacher kind of characters at this point. Uh, between we had Roshi, we had Kami, we had uh, don't forget uh, Karin guess, there. Of course, Kar- uh, Karin as well. Uh, we had uh, I-, I guess. I guess uh, King Kai, Kaiosama as well, mm-hmm. Beerus and Whis kind of collectively, you know, um, and uh, it's the idea of, uh, especially as further characters, uh, you know, get older and, you know, and the newer characters are introduced, particularly the children of the previous generation of characters, uh, the idea of not simply passing the torch, but making sure that the next generation is prepared at what's to come. And we were talking about uh, Roshi earlier. It starts with him, yeah. and it continues throughout uh, a, a long time. Then you know, kind of shifts a little bit as things change. But uh, it, it continues, I think, arguably with Goku, because you know we have Gohan, who is kind of forced into the position of like, well, this is uh, also partially your responsibility to deal with this now because of what's about to happen to our planet. So, you know, have fun with that. Here's You're going to train with Uncle Piccolo now. Um, and then even by later in the boot stuff where, you know, Goku's kind of whole deal with, um, you know, wanting the the people that are actually alive by that point, which I'll get more into that a little bit later, but, you know, him wanting to train Goten and Trunks and everybody too. A lot of that, I think, is a great evolution of going from, like, I'm pushing my limits and I've gotten to this point, but also I want to bestow upon people that are younger and up and coming uh, yeah, you know, yeah. what it is that I know so that they'll also be better and we'll all be getting better and raising our, our tides together. Like, that is also something I fully, fully relate to in my own life as well. Yeah, there's... So let's talk about some of those key points. Uh, The first we already talked about was at the 21st tournament. Um, And part of that also ties in with point number three that we're going to get to, which is going to be the hubris that these characters exemplify over the course of the series. Um, But then I think one of the lesser but equally important examples is during the 22nd tournament when Tenshin Han really turns around and sees the world for what it is and these other characters for who they are and that amazing especially in the tv series where you have ugh, like oh it just tears at my heart knowing that Miyauchi and suzuoki have both passed now but that conversation they have man that that just oh it nails it where kame senin is really like here's the deal here's what's going on here's why this is important to me and, and there's like there's no true greater threat out there at that point it's all infighting among these two 
rival schools. But that's so important because it then sets up all the later stuff when we do get to the those galactic battles. Um, Gohan at, at two points during the Saiyan arc and then again during the Cell arc. Uh, and then, as you said, again, during the Boo arc. You, you kind of have to look at the external factors for this, too. The way that Toriyama's writing this, they didn't want him to age up Goku. And I say they, I mean um, his editorial staff there at Shueisha. That wasn't a thing that they did because if you change the look of your character that dramatically, your audience, and this is the thinking at the time, can no longer relate and, and feel like that's, that is that exact same character anymore. Uh, and I know a lot of people have that problem with Goku when he grows up for the 23rd tournament and again with Gohan uh, as he grows up over the course of the series. Like, is this truly the same character? Well, yeah, it, it, it really is and so we get that with Goku but then again like you said during the Boo arc where it's it's Toriyama doing that I think I want to go in this direction I don't entirely want to go in this direction I'm gonna course correct and nope it's all about Goku so like he introduces this theme and most of the time he rips it away from us again where yep we've raised this up and we've set up this other never mind it's the Goku story yeah, well, I mean, yeah, another another weakness of the kind of on-the-fly sort of deal with it. Um, you know, I, actually, I will say, going back to the bit about aging the characters, I, I, I mean, for one thing, of course, we can't imagine it any other way. Uh, part of me almost wishes that other, you know, if not just Shonen series, just other series would do that more often, because I think that while in some ways I can see why that's perceived as, like, stereotypical of, like, and then we we have it be about the children or whatever, like, right, you know, of course, right. Naruto and Boruto yep. is happening with that right now, but but I think that in some ways that is often the proper evolution, so it's not just, like, you know, like... And I know that, I know I sound like I'm being a hypocrite because I often defend Ash from Pokemon with this kind of point, but Pokemon is a very very different kind of animal. Oh, the uh, forever ten years old kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I, I again I understand the frustrations with that, and I can understand like both sides of that sort of situation. But regardless, I think that for something like this, it makes sense because that's the proper evolution because it it ties in with what it is that we're you know we're, the main point we're talking about here, where it's like okay, you want to progress. Right. How can you strive for something if time doesn't pass? Yeah. Or, or, or not even just so much that time doesn't pass, but that like the characters themselves are not progressing, mm. that they're not continuing forth. I mean, like, I, I was I was saying that about Ash when I was I was doing a big review about the Pokemon X and Y series where, you know, if you just look at that show by itself, there is a lot of incredibly good character development and growth for all of the, the main characters in that series. And, you know, it, it's interesting because a lot of people will say that not very many characters in Dragon Ball develop. Like, you know, some people say it's, oh, it's only like Gohan and Vegeta and maybe like some of the other ones have like little mini arcs, you know. And oh, come on. That, I mean, forgive me, but that is the classic response of someone who didn't read the first part of the series. You didn't watch yeah, the first 153 episodes. Like that yeah. is where you learned who these characters are. This is where those characters develop. After that, from Raditz onward, that's the payoff for all the development yeah. you've gotten so far yeah i mean like because that, that, that's the thing is by the time that we get to the 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 saiyans coming down and it's you know our heroes reunited together and everything yeah that is the payoff of like hey we've had our development we've had our arcs we are who we are now and then we're trying to do our best and then they heroically sacrifice themselves in this you know as the the tide is raised and the threats get bigger and, and crazier um you know that's kind of the unfortunate thing about right i think our our uh, our country's 
overall fandom of this franchise and that it's all the tunnel vision of Z and nothing else around it. And then that being said, so let's hone in on two of those Z specific examples. One of yes. which is Goku setting up Gohan as the hero for the cell arc. What I love about that is, yes. and again, this is going to tie in with hubris for your next point there. This is a weird mix of Goku having so much pride in his son mixed in with just being completely illogical, completely naive, completely wrong about everything that he thinks. Even everyone around him telling him he's wrong about what he's set up for the hero. It, it doesn't matter because ultimately he still has to sacrifice him li- his own life to prove that point. Um, but then with Goku and Trunks and Goten setting up, that, that was a weird one to me because I feel like that one doesn't ring true as much as it's kind of like this offhand comment and I don't buy it anymore because of what Toriyama has done with Gohan over the course of the series. Like I, I don't actually believe Goku when he says... You know, I could have defeated Boo. Not that I don't believe the strength stuff, but I don't believe where Goku's coming from when he's setting it up as I could have defeated Boo, but I want the kids to be able to do it. That that doesn't sound right to me. That doesn't hmm. quite sound right. Well, I think that also part of on the, on the case of the Boo example, which that is exactly what I was thinking of, was when they're they're on the the Kaio planet and they're about to fight Kid Boo, and he's having that little like thought to himself. I did like that, but I think it's true that it also does kind of of get canceled out by the fact that I'm back now, even though my whole thing was like, eh, I'm going to stay dead so that I don't, you know, attract more Right, right. Villains. I'm responsible for all this. Take take responsibility for it. But in the yeah. end, it's it's Toriyama. He, like, he can't commit to that. And we also know externally by this point, Toriyama is on his third editor, um, not just overall, but in Dragon Ball specifically. Uh, Kazuhiko Torishima ran from all of Dr. Slump into Dragon Ball. By this point, he's on his third editor, Fuyoto Takeda, um, who actually Majin Buu was based on in terms of appearance a little bit. <laughs> but also uh, Toriyama has said he was the most lax of his three editors. So Toriyama was kind of left to his own devices where he could do whatever he wanted and he didn't have anyone sitting over him really going, no, we think you should go in this direction. Let's try to have a consistent story here. He did whatever he wanted. He yeah. was also, <laughs> I mean, we know in hindsight, he was approaching the end of his serialization. Um, how much he knew at what point is a little up to debate, but he was just trying to get to his end goal, which was, can I please stop working every week? You know, it's interesting too, I guess, uh, worth hitting up while we're still on this point is Oob. Uh, and, you know, at the moment, we're still not entirely sure about how things are going to go right? super yeah. in terms of like if it's going to actually lead because because actually what I was kind of surprised about by this point, uh, considering Toei's like, you know, probably plans in terms of, uh, you know, creating stuff is uh, I'm almost kind of surprised that when they did uh, Dragon Ball Kai, the final chapters that they did the last couple episodes of the original Z with, you know, where they flash forward and Pan is born and Mm -hmm. Oob shows up at the tournament and everything because I figured, well, do you want to commit to that at this point? Because if, you know, we're, I mean, you know, Bra's not been born yet in Super and like all this other stuff hasn't happened quite yet. And not not to get into the, the, the discussion of that or whatever, but... Um, nonetheless, what I, what I bring that up for is because the ending that Toriyama was finally like, okay, I'm taking a break. I'm out of here. Right. My I know. He thing, ended the know. series with doing this again. And that's why mm. I continue to come back to, I don't believe you. And sure enough in GT, what the hell does Oob amount to? 
nothing. <laughs> it's like yeah. even without yeah. Toriyama, they didn't want to commit to it. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of a shame because I feel that that's I, well, that's also why this is higher up on the list because it's it's one of the lesser deep themes. But sure. Nonetheless, you know what? I think that the one that's, that's worth focusing on the most, and, and I think that people probably agree on, is what happened with Gohan during the Cell stuff. And actually, funnily enough, uh, Sean Schemmel, the voice of Goku in the Funimation English dub for now, God, 15 years, I think, he was making an interesting point because uh, he really enjoys that part as well with, with Gohan. And he was making a point about maybe Goku might have been like smarter than everybody expected him to be in terms of like maybe his long game is you know a little bit better than anybody expected. And the fact that it is kind of like, you know, did he plan for all of this? You know, was this taking him by surprise, et cetera? The fact that that is actually kind of like, you're not totally sure sometimes, uh, is kind of cool. Like that, that is an interesting like story element for one thing. Uh, and the fact that it does ultimately come to pass, you know, including with his sacrifice, uh, I think that Goku's sacrifice for that particular fight was what made the most sense. And then Gohan being the one who had to finish the job in, like, in the first place. I think that that was the best way that they could have been, uh, gone about it. Uh, I think it's been the most satisfying in terms of like, all right, well, you think it's going to be this person. Oh, wait, no, then it just ends up being Goku in the end because, you know, et cetera. Or this other character that's going to come in, you know, kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but, but I think that in terms of just everybody all wanting to uh, the, these these first two points in tandem with each other pushing one's limits and raising all tides together collectively i think that in some way almost every major character including the villains like the actual villains and the villains that have later gone on to be good guys or chaotic neutrals or whatever you want to declare that um i think that that almost every character embodies that that i think is great in terms of like it, it's it's an overarching thing that's consistent from the beginning all the way up until even now with the new new stuff with Super. Let's talk about how every character is completely conceited and idiotic <laughs> and makes the worst decisions because I kind of feel like this describes Dragon Ball more than anything else. Oh, oh 100%. In fact, actually, uh, when I have to describe Dragon Ball, uh, particularly Z, uh, more more than any other... When I have to describe it to somebody that didn't really grow up with it or has that stereotypical, isn't it just people beating each other up and screaming? I'm like, no, it is a story about the strongest people in all of existence being a bunch of selfish assholes and the fate of the universe rests in their hands. The hubris of all of the major characters, all of the major like good guys or the protagonists, at least, of this series Certainly nothing but entertaining at, at the very <laughs> minimal. <laughs> well, I want to start this with actually reading a quote from an interview. This comes from Wired Japan, um, the first issue from 1997, which actually came out toward the end of 1996. This is something we paid a lot of money for, but I'm really glad we could get this issue to uh, really translate what Toriyama is talking about here. Because I think this sets up Goku as a character um, and then... 
all the other characters uh, because of that. So they're talking a little bit about the popularity uh, polls that they would run in the magazines and Toriyama saying, I didn't really care about it that much, um, which I think flies in the face of all those rumors about, oh, he did this because of the character polls. Well, here we have Toriyama saying, I didn't really care about that. Who cares? He goes on, he says, since I did a half cocked without deciding what would happen up ahead, like we were saying, it was easy enough to change up this sort of thing as the circumstances warranted. Even with characters that appear to be doing the right thing at first glance and the person there at Wired goes there's actually poison inside Toriyama says right there's how basically Son Goku from Dragon Ball doesn't fight for the sake of others but because he wants to fight against strong guys so once Dragon Ball got animated at any rate I've always been dissatisfied with the righteous hero type portrayal they gave him I guess I couldn't quite get them to grasp the elements of poison that slip in and out of sight among the shadows and Wire goes perhaps that's because it's animation aimed at children after all and Toriyama's like well yeah I guess that might be some of it too I want to preface the rest of our discussion about this point by saying um Toriyama's not talking about international adaptations I I kind of set this like series of there's Goku in the manga there's Goku in the Dragon Ball animated TV series by Toei Animation beyond that there's Goku as written by primarily Takao Koyama in the animated films from Z when it was still being produced. And then beyond that, there's the 1999-ish portrayal of Goku from Funimation's English dub. This is along that exponential scale of righteous hero up to literally Superman by the time we get to the end there. What Toriyama's talking about is primarily the movies here, a little bit in the TV series. So where do we want to go with this point that Toriyama's making and then the arrogance of the characters. Uh, two two quick things I actually want to want to jump in on on that actually as we lead into that. First of all, what you just described is exactly the reason why whenever the dude remember how cool this moment was and I see the ally to good nightmare to you thing show up every time I'm like that's great congratulations that is not the character. Right, you're four steps removed by that point and come on it's 2017 I hate that I have to say this and I hate myself that I have to say this but that was a product of its time it was terrible I don't hold anything against anyone on the production side for it I was a fan at that time that was not a product for me I still think that's a bad product I still think that's a bad representation of the series they do too now so whatevs for sure water yeah, under I the mean, bridge however everybody does <laughs> however <laughs> however like you said it, it does affect this discussion because if we're not talking about the same character how do we have a discussion exactly but but I, but you know what I think that and actually another thing kind of to go with that Although I do see a lot of people that love that whole like personification, and, and also to, to, to just say this as well, because this is part of the reason I love Kai so much, is that now I think that we're, as you often describe, we're watching the same show. We're all watching the same thing generally yeah, yeah. in terms of how they get everything together with adaptation and everything, which is fantastic. But nonetheless, um, another kind of stereotype that I see about Goku in the US fandom specifically is a lot of people describe Goku as like a terrible person like oh he's a bad father and he's a bad guy and he's an he's an asshole and etc and it's like I don't think that Goku is a bad person because I think that people forget the fact that like yes he's done a lot of very selfish stupid things but he's also one of the biggest reasons that the entire like plane of existence in some cases is kept safe because he does take responsibility for when shit happens you know and and like 
And also, I mean, one of the biggest moments of the entire series, uh, you know, when he transforms is triggered by the loss of a, a, not even a, just a family member, but a friend yeah, that he yeah. cares about very, very much. So that in and of itself, I think, should prove, you know, those kind of, I think, unfair perceptions wrong. But nonetheless, yeah, I think Goku I'll, 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 will do the right thing, but it's generally as a result of something else. That doesn't mean he doesn't know that he's doing a good thing. Like he generally knows that he has to protect people and that he probably should protect people and that he knows, like we were talking about with the Buark, where he knows he's a magnet for this type of destruction. Like he does take some responsibility for it. But over the course of the entire series, in general, He's a very self-serving character. Uh, one of the worst decisions slash best decisions was letting Vegeta go. And I hate that we have to go back to, well, in the dub, it was this. And in the original, it was this. Goku doesn't let Vegeta live because he thinks it's the right thing to do. He lets him live because he wants to fight him again. That's why he lets him live. Fuck everyone else on Earth. I want to fight that guy again. That's Goku. Yeah, no, 100%. And I mean, it, it is it is made clear through almost every major adversary that Goku fights, especially in Z, where those characters are like, you know, right. uh, like 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 world ending levels of, oh, my God, you know, at some in some way, shape or form, there is this sense of like, you know, I want to. I mean, I, actually, I think the, the biggest the biggest uh, arc that has the most amount of examples of this that we're talking this specific theme we're talking about is the cell android It absolutely stuff. is. I mean, whether it's the Goku and Vegeta both saying, don't you dare go destroy those androids. We want them to come out. I mean, it starts there and continues on to not shutting down 17 and 18 when they can uh, later on as Cell comes out, whether it's letting Cell continue to absorb people, whether it's letting Cell hold the Cell games. I mean, Everything that they do is a stupid decision. Hey, here, I have a sensu. Right, Fight right. my son. <laughs> and, and even that started back in the 23rd Budokai, when it, not just I let Vegeta live, it's I let the reincarnation of the devil live. I just healed him back to full strength so I can fight him again. Like, Vegeta is old hat by the time we get that again. Goku literally just did that the previous story arc. Um, and something I want to touch on before we go a little further is is all these bad decisions are a result of what we're talking about. It's that arrogance. The earlier part in the series, they're all still developing as martial artists. They're gaining new masters. They're gaining new revelations about the world and how it operates and just how much more there is to this mysticism and, and larger universe. By the time we get to Raditz and these other characters, they should know better. But this is where it's just not clicking for them and it continues not to click for them. And that's what makes them interesting interesting characters absolutely yeah i mean like because almost again almost every major uh protagonist has a moment or two like this you know goku and vegeta i think arguably have the most overall but then i think of like of like krillin and the android stuff when like literally i kind of have a crush on this character right, that is supposed right. to be a villain i'm not going to kill them because i would rather them just get away and escape and we just try to kill sell ourselves etc like that kind of thing you know, there's so many little things like that that happen all the time, but they're human things. They're mm -hmm. all incredibly human thing or, or alien uh, uh, <laughs> things that happen. They're uh, Ningen things, Chris. <laughs> Ningen. It, you wouldn't understand. Uh, <laughs> it's a Ningen thing. 
<laughs> but like, but but when they have, I mean, I still even remember like when I first saw those moments, like as they unfolded, like I'm screaming at my TV, being like, ah, oh, but also like, but I get it. Damn it, I get yeah, it. I yeah. hate that I also get it and I relate to this so much because it's true. It's so incredibly true. And the other thing is that that what I love about it is that generally there is always some kind of major consequence. Right, it right. They pay for it. to bite them in the ass. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether it's with their life um, on a character-to-character basis or just larger ramifications for the world. Uh, continuing into the Boo arc, again, it's a series of miscalculations and bad decisions. Whether that's Goku and Vegeta, Goku being like, yes, okay, I'm going to let you fight me. Let's go off and fight. And it starts, Goku starts to be a little smart there. Like, maybe we should stop and not let Boo be resurrected. But then Vegeta takes the, nope, this is going to be, I'm going to take care of this. He takes responsibility, but makes bad decisions the entire way along the course to taking responsibility. And then just from there on out, whether it's Goku, as he says, he could have defeated Fat Boo there, but he didn't do so because of blah, blah, blah. And just with every transformation along the way, just everyone's being dumb, but that's part of their character. And we're seeing the ramifications of that now in Super. I do think they are stringing us along a little bit because... Because Goku and Vegeta have learned a little bit, but not entirely. Because we have these other characters here, like we were complaining about with Resurrection F, where there's that guy over there that could stop this at any point. Like, this battle doesn't matter at all because Beerus is sitting right down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but their Goku and Vegeta's relationship is evolving a little bit where they know they have to fight together. And they did just that one time a little bit with Vegito there. And again, yes. that one more little extra time with Vegito there, there in Super. <laughs> so like they're starting to realize it. But in general, they still don't want to cooperate. And there are still bad decisions being made. But they also do see the universe for what it is now. Or at least they're starting to. Um, I think actually also uh, another great one on, on the note of just the punishment and the ramifications. Uh, ramifications makes me think of all the GT DVDs where everything had, had to end with <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> Um Was the fact that all the major villains as well, I mean, like their undoing more Absolutely. often than not yeah. is, is, is how that happens every time. I mean, you know, between uh, God going back as far as, uh, you know, Commander Red uh, like, I want to be tall. Yeah, good. Bam! Right in the yeah, head. Yeah, wait, uh, what? That's our end goal? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> and a lot of them are as simple as that. I mean, like, you know, King Piccolo or D- Demon King Piccolo with, like, I hate martial artists because of my being tarnished and then where he comes from mm-hmm. and, you know, why he wants to do that. And then that bleeds into what became Piccolo Jr. and the Piccolo that we know now. Even Pilaf made bad mistakes, not just in the early arc, but in helping to resurrect Piccolo, thinking he's yeah. going to, like, live through i mean he's a gag character so he's gonna live through it but like that's not gonna work out the way you think it is buddy like excuse me you're talking to the devil himself here (laughs) and then uh you know vegeta extensively we talked about when he was like flat out a villain uh frieza i mean frieza is is possibly the best uh you know example of this in the fact that like you know I, i often jokingly but not jokingly refer to him as space hitler and that he's like i'm threatened by this entire race of people because i think that maybe someday they might be stronger than me right, but, 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 but chris me. he made the right decision he wiped them out he was smart about it but yep. the arrogance was did i get them all well i, <laughs> I want to keep my pet over here 
And, oh, well, I didn't really know about this other one. Jets, and then they all <laughs> came together and, well, uh, I guess I'm fucked, aren't I? Oh, then here's this other one that is the son of one of them that comes out of nowhere and I'm in pieces now. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Right. <laughs> and it's so satisfying. If you really, if you see that for the way it is and you see what happens to him, like, I mean, like, I still remember, like, with with all of the, uh, you know, the, the changes and the, the awful English adaptation we had at that time, but I still remember seeing when Frieza gets cut by his own disc attack. Right, like, you like, can't change the visual there, so, I mean, that is what it is. <laughs> well, unless you censor it, but I guess. thankfully, somehow that, somehow that wasn't on Cartoon Network, weirdly. Anyway, uh, but no, seeing that, it's and, and seeing that entire exchange, just the fact that there is an exchange and the fact that it is Goku doing this, it's like, this is what you deserve. This is what everything had built up to, and this is absolutely, like, the best way to go about, even though obviously, yes, afterward, he doesn't actually die, but just the fact right, that right. he was humiliated by him. Not just humiliated, but it's Goku who is the one to tell him through what I like to call the Bakayaro Kamehameha. Did you seriously, no, you didn't think this through because you are so blinded by your arrogance right now. As Kenshiro said, you don't know you're already dead. Like, let <laughs> it go. You, you are done here, man. You are completely done. And so Goku has to be the one to tell him, you are an idiot. One last thing I want to talk about in terms of hubris, arrogance, being conceited is where we are now in super, which is taking okay. on the gods themselves. And right. yes, we've had that over the course of the series, whether it be earth's God, Goku was completely outclassed, not just by earth's God, but by earth's God's attendant who had to teach him about what it's like to feel key or power. Stop relying on your external senses. You need to bring this inside a little bit. So we went from Earth's God to Kaio, the Lord of Worlds, to the Kaioshin, the Lord of the Lords. Um, and now we're up to the Gods of Destruction. We're above the Gods of Destruction, the Omni-King, Zen-O, literally the king of everything. He's just my little friend, my little pet Pokemon friend guy that I hang out with sometimes. <laughs> And again, that's a mistake Goku made where do I rely on this guy? Whoops, I relied on this guy and he wiped out existence as we know it here in this timeline. <laughs> but this goes back to, again, what was Journey to the West about? Journey to the West, yes, was about this pilgrimage to get these sacred scrolls. Journey to the West was also about taking on the gods. Sun Wukong lost to Buddha. This is what Dragon Ball is about, where Goku and Vegeta and all these heroes are so arrogant about their power. Now, now they're realizing it a little bit and seeing what is out there in the entire universe and beyond into other universes. Journey to the West is still in Dragon Ball through these kinds of things. Yeah, it's certainly the most entertaining, I think, you know, going back to the early bit about just like it's it's about entertainment. I think the hubris is one of the most entertaining and interesting things about the story of Dragon Ball. And uh, and, I, and I do agree about what you were saying right at the beginning. It, in some ways, it is the the way, the simple way to describe it is it is all the show is about the strongest people in the universe having the fate of the universe in their hands at all time, and they're all a bunch of selfish assholes. And it's incredibly interesting and intriguing. Well, it's infuriating when it's the heroes, but it's satisfying <laughs> when it's the villains. And again, that's what makes for a good story. Mm -hmm. 100%, yeah. I guess now um, another thing that is, I, I think, one of the absolute defining factors of this, we were talking a little bit about this with, uh, you know, what ultimately became a Frieza, but 
Um, this is something that applies to so, so, so many important characters throughout this entire show. Uh, the fourth point I have here is second chances. So often a, a point I make to my friends who I think friends of mine who haven't seen a whole lot of original Dragon Ball. Oh my God. Wasn't he a little shit at the beginning there when they were training, <laughs> whether it's drawing a different Kame symbol on a rock. You know, again, this is where the development for these characters are. And this is when they get those second chances and they evolve into the characters that we love. Well, see, that's the thing too. A lot of people, I talked to about this where it, like, there's so much of this like separation, but this is a little off, to off topic, but this is relevant. There's all this separation between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. And oftentimes I have to tell people, well, you know, that in the manga, it was all one big thing. Yeah. Like next week, Raditz showed up in the exact yeah. same thing. And, and, but, but because of the fact that like they're labeled as two different shows and, and especially because of in the U S of them coming out in different orders and, and even all that stuff. Viz fell victim to it. And I mean, it was smart of them to do it, but yeah. Yeah. But, but it's like, you know, the the fact that, like, Z, everybody has this tunnel vision on Z, and then even then some people are like, yeah, I like Dragon Ball, original Dragon Ball better, and Z sucks, or whatever. It's like, both of those kind of outlooks, I think, like, aren't, like, the right way to look at it. It's better to look at it at all as all one big thing, because if you do get that all of this development in tandem matters with each other, it's important, because, more back on point, you can look at, okay, literally, even technically, Goku, like, from birth was this rambunctious little shit that like was supposed to destroy the fucking planet and then he hit his head and then suddenly oh never mind now he's okay <laughs> but at one point he was a killing machine he would have been you know and then like Bulma even was kind of a selfish jerk because she was like eh I'm gonna wish for a boyfriend Yamcha was a fucking bandit you know Oolong was a Creepo. Tension Han <laughs> was an assassin in training. Krillin, Krillin was a, just was just a dick. just a little prick of a dick. <laughs> Chaozu was, I mean, no better. He was also kind of a prick to Krillin. Piccolo, uh, you know, by the time the Saiyan stuff happens and he becomes like, you know, the begrudging Uncle Piccolo and and grows to love Gohan and sacrifices himself, and that's his. You know, a lot of these second chances for these characters, they are redeeming themselves. They are learning, they are changing, they are developing, and they become who they are, you know? Yeah. And, and some of them are very, very long processes. We were talking about uh, taking responsibility, like Majin Vegeta, you know, when, when he sacrifices himself in that earlier part. I think the TFS guys uh, were the ones that made the point of, it, it's not until that point that he becomes a good person, finally. Yeah, yeah. Because he's still completely in it for himself. He's still at, at the drop of a hat. Nah, fuck it. It's all about me. It's all about whatever I want and what I think is is the best to, you know, route to go or whatever because of my pride. And that's a that's the thing I like about Dragon Ball is that you have these two different avenues for second chances. You have characters giving other characters second chances. Again, my favorite being Kamisenin and Tenshin Han. Like, I mean, come on, we're we're happy to have you join us. Um, but then you also have the external factors in the series forcing characters into a corner of a second chance and Piccolo is one of those examples where in the meantime he's been working on a way to kill Goku but he recognizes I can't do that until I deal with this over here and he's one of the best examples of he gets to kill two birds with one stone <laughs> he, <laughs> he takes out the larger villain but also Goku at the same time um, but again that's what makes Dragon Ball so interesting is that you have these different things going on that result in the same thing, which is a second chance. Something I, uh, this, this is kind of a cool little thing I, I noticed, um, and, and more of my recent watch throughs of the show when, um, 
after they learn about how the androids are going to be coming in three years. And Krillin makes the point of like, you know, if it weren't for the fact that we had somebody who was a bigger batter threat that we all had to collectively work together on mm, yeah. uh you know pe- people around here within our vicinity i'm not going to name any names <laughs> you know would probably at this moment be maybe trying to conquer the world maybe you know <laughs> right. whether or not he's totally right about that if maybe a lot of them by this by by that point had fully chilled out and it wasn't that big of a deal but but his point i think is still totally fair to make in that it's like yeah these things have these these situations have brought a lot of these people that all used to be dicks together you know right. and now they've all become you know certainly still very flawed people hence the, the previous hubris point but people that are trying to do good like you know the that, that that are working the greater good that are working like we're trying to prevent the planet from being fucking blown up they are <laughs> you know? but a lot of those characters tension han namely it's all in the service of being a better martial artist. It's about proving myself. And even if I'm not going to succeed at that, I need to see how far I'm going to get along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, and I think that, I think that them all like being allowed to have their own, like selfish reasons for doing it, I think is also perfectly fair. I think that it makes all the characters human as opposed to, because when you really do think about that, as opposed to just like, oh yeah, it's just the group, most of which just sits by the sideline while the other more important characters get to fight the bad guy or whatever. It's like, no, they all have their reasons for contributing, you know, during each of these different points and, you know, why they stop at certain points, why they continue at certain points, etc. You know, and a lot of it comes back to the fact that, like, well, I wouldn't be here if this didn't happen. I wouldn't be with this entire group mm-hmm. of friends, these partners, these colleagues, were it not for the fact that I was given the second chance. By and large, most of the time, by Goku. <laughs> One of my favorite examples of filler material in the TV series is at the very end of the Cell fight when Gohan mm-hmm. is struggling to overtake Cell. Uh, and that's when everyone else jumps in and they fire an attack and they all have this little monologue. And in general, I think Yamcha's is my favorite. It's the Goku is the one who like put me on this path. He's not here anymore. So I'm going to save his son instead because yeah. that's what I need to do right now. Like, oh man, like, oh, that, that hits me in the feels if i may use an internet phrase no please i mean you know, you know it's funny i i've had uh i've had actually a few different discussions with uh scott kaiser neko and he's not here to defend himself so haha um <laughs> about that scene i remember actually when when you you talked about how much you loved that i do scene. i know it's cliche of me to bring it up but i love it no 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 not no not at all because i remember actually you talked about that scene and i think a very very early episode of uh of of your podcast i think back when it was still daizenshu like that long ago and that made me what you talking about it made me appreciate that scene a lot more scott and i have had discussions about how the debate of like well is that like fair because also that was kind of meant to be another moment of redemption for vegeta to get that hit in to to get that lesson or whatever but he still gets it and yeah i know it's supposed to be just him and it still is in the tv series it still is just him that gets that final distraction moment so yeah 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 Yeah, yeah, no one else really matters there but they feel like they have to because yes it's the right thing to do but again as a friend as a fighter what else can I do? I don't know. I, uh, I I adore that scene because I feel like that is such a great continuing payoff for like all of these guys who are here. They know that nothing that they do is going to matter in the long run. Nothing that they do is going to actually stop right. 
sell. It's not up to them. Yeah, but the fact that like just they do it and they have, each of them have those little internal monologues or like Quillen has his external one. The fact that like they all get that moment. I love that. I love that because it, it's, it's still, it makes everything in this entire show, like that kind of stuff, it makes all of it worth it. It makes everything feel like, Everything was 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 mattering up until this point, and all these characters. <laughs> Everything was are, mattering. Like you get so into mattering. it, you don't even use words I'm anymore. Like, I'm making up words. What am I? Where am I? Who am I? God. Well, yeah. at this point, we're pretty much talking about your final point, which is yeah. everyone working together. And yes, this is a shonen trope, but it is the underlying theme of shonen camaraderie, which is everyone comes together. And this does fly in the face a little bit of everything that Toriyama normally does where it's about the self and bettering oneself. But when it comes down to it, if they have to defeat someone through teamwork, what else are you going to do? If you think about, okay, let, let's, let's break this down actually. Cause I think that this is, this is interesting. If we look at maybe, maybe even just Z for the moment, um, the battle with Vegeta between him and Goku and the gang that were, you know, still alive by that point. Right. Well, um, Goku was know. trying to do it alone. And uh, that didn't work out so well. Right. It. <laughs> it worked out with him being squeezed to death. Before that, it was a team-based battle, and then it turned back into a single battle, and then it turned back around again into a team-based battle. And then uh, with, with Frieza, even though it was a battle, you know, well, it was many people leading all the way up until uh, it was Goku versus Frieza. But even then... Uh, that was also the final battle also involved like people on earth and people in the godly realm and like Kami being back to life and you know the the grand elder coming back to life etc like that was a big team effort right right it was it was all the discussions going on around the fight um and Goku trying to get it back to being a singular battle <laughs> which yeah. again so we're, yeah, we're yeah. trying to talk about camaraderie and everything keeps coming back around to I just want to fight alone but they were all helping out it was please get everyone away from here so I can go all out and not worry about them yeah in some way there had to be some kind of major collaborative effort to eventually for through whatever means typically with either Goku or Gohan you know being the one to to finish the job but but nonetheless you st like you know, or well, any, let's let's kind of roughly go through all the main villains. I mean, it's not going to take that okay. long. And if we start with sure, Pilaf, sure. he's not really the villain. The villain ends up being Goku. And that is a team effort to bring Goku down and get out of there. But then we go on to the tournaments. You know, there's not really villains there for a while. Um, the villain is, I don't know, again, their own arrogance that... Yeah. Kamisen is trying to put in place Red Ribbon Army. Goku does it essentially alone. He's got a little bit of help along the way with some of the side diversions, but the the final assault is just Goku himself. Does it? Yeah. Then we move on to Tenshin Han and um, um, Suru Senin. Again, it's a tournament. is It's villains. Tenshin Han is doing some real shitty stuff, but you know it, it comes around again. Then we get what is really a, the first true villain villain of the series. Um, but that ends up being a single battle again. Um, we had help along the way. People were trying to put him down, but Goku lost. I mean, forget Beerus. Goku lost to Piccolo during this arc. Um, and this was definitely the bettering myself. The world is too big out there. I need to take care of this. And yeah, people tried along the way, but it ended up being Goku. So then we get to 23rd Budokai. And again, is it really a villain? Yeah, it is a villain because he wants to kill Goku and he's kind of causing destruction. But it ends up being a one-on-one -on -one battle. Um, you know, people help along the way, I guess, through like 
wearing him down? Not really. It's a tournament. Whatever. Then we get to the Cyan arc, and like we were just talking about, it was group battles, single battles, group battles along the way. Well, actually, going back a second ago to, to Raditz, I mean, we, we hit up the bit about Piccolo, you know, killing both of them, but the fact that, like, the the main hero and what was previously the main villain having to work together right. to defeat the next That's villain. That's the ultimate teamwork, and, for and, sure. And the main hero sacrificing himself technically to the previous villain. Yeah, like, yeah. There's something kind of really amazing about that. Right. Like, that's a really, really cool device. And then, you know, leading into uh, the, the battle with, with both Nappa and Vegeta eventually, um, you know, that was everybody versus these two guys. Well, sort of. I mean, it, it starts again as a series of one-on-one battles. First, we're going to have the Saibai men fight and it's going to be a one-on-one until someone dies as a result of it and we got to take out multiple ones. This is getting too dangerous. But even then, they start going back to one-on-one fights. We have Han versus Nappa. Like, this is not working. We, we have to collaborate on this. Like, yeah. every time they try to do a single battle, they start heading toward team battle, but it comes back around again to single battle yeah except when it doesn't <laughs> well i i think that with with vegeta specifically even though that that is labeled as goku versus vegeta and for a while it is i think that in terms of him getting defeated it was goku gohan krillin and even to some extent yajirobe oh, to a, a huge <laughs> um, extent absolutely fair enough he gets the he gets the tail slice so and then probably gets i mean if we're going to talk about vegeta collaborating in the defeat of cell we have to give yajirobe like a thumbs up here dude yeah true enough we already talked again about the entirety of the frieza arc we talked about the entirety of the cell arc we talked about the boo arc well actually oh you know what i i, I do want to talk about the boo arc because even though uh, so actually, in the the podcast episode we did over a year ago now about the music and everything, I talked about how the the final battle with Kid Buu is my favorite moments of the series, and specifically, my favorite moment is both the creation of the of the big final spirit bomb that eliminates Buu, and also just the fact that it is literally everybody. It's everybody, yeah. whether it's, you know, Mr. Satan calling for help, uh, Boo causing a distraction, followed by Vegeta causing a distraction, etc. Right. You know, Goku landing the hit, uh, you know, the, the, the two different sets of Dragon Balls being used, the, you know, uh, Dende mm-hmm. and, uh, right. you know, the, the Supreme Kais and everything. It, and, and then technically everybody on Earth who's, who's, you know, donating energy in some way. It's, you know, that entire fight with Boo from, like, first form up until his final pure form or whatever, like... That is everybody gets a shot at one point, but that last, like literally the last attack against Boo is everybody in existence that you know. I mean, literally, there's like, hey, here's 17. Hey, here's launch. Here, here's here all these other characters for five seconds. Here's all these guys from Dragon Ball popping up for a minute to to help out in some way. Like that to me is so incredibly worth the entire journey from everything from the beginning all the way up until the end to what to what was essentially going to be the end up until you know the little bit with with oob after that like i adore that final push with with defeating boo so much that is still my favorite scene in the entirety of dragon ball everything and it is because of this last theme that it embodies of everybody all collectively working together in this incredible way and how satisfying that is. And this is the one time that the Genkidama, she said the spirit bomb, um, actually works. Do you yeah. think it <laughs> loses any of its splendor due to the early Z movies where we get it in movies two, three, four? 
and then again in seven. Um, you know what? I think that thankfully for me, because I had really only seen a couple of them at the time, and also the fact that they didn't leave like a massive impression on me compared to the moments that would happen in the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't actually think that it did mess it up too much. Uh, and also because, and you know, I think what, what differentiated it was the fact that like it was pushing further. It was, it was still bigger and better and like more in depth. Than everyone on earth. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone, everyone on earth, everyone around and everybody also like giving everything that they had in order to make it as strong as it could possibly be. And even I then, don't know, man, when that deer falls over in movie three, <laughs> like they, they were given everything they had too. Uh, well, they were giving everything they had. They had because the fucking tree of might was sucking everything away. But that let's not talk about that. Uh, but nonetheless, <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I I I think that 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 moment actually embodies almost everything all together, and and in some ways it embodies something about all five of these themes because let, actually you know what let, let's even think about that pushing one's limits the, everybody pushes themselves to give as much as they possibly can 110 percent for this one final push uh raising all tides i guess kind of goes hand in hand with that uh the hubris of just you know the fact that they got up to that point right. is their arrogance that caused them to get there yeah yeah well they wouldn't get the help if they didn't give that person a second chance yeah yeah and, and also even goku's last words of like hey i hope you come back as a good guy someday because i would like to fight you as a good person back to number and, one again yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> and uh you know and then working together like i i think that in some way yeah this this moment with beating boo it's it's all five of those things that I love about this series, all embodied into one single attack with amazing animation and amazing screaming and amazing music all together, and then etc. Yeah. It's it's all I've said etc. So many fucking times in all these discussions. <laughs> yeah, I, I what what else is there to even say? There's so much more to say, um, and a lot of it feels like we just are listing examples and saying. This is what happened. But that gets you so excited when you talk about these things that you love so much. Uh, forgive us. <laughs> well, you know what? And also kind of going back to uh, one other little side thing that we mentioned earlier about other Shonen Jump artists and everything. You see how much things like this, you know, even if it was, you know, it might have been subconsciously or, you know, hell, probably a lot of these artists probably broke it down more in depth than even we are, I, I would imagine. You know, a lot of these things I think that have been, uh, people who have been inspired by Dragon Ball that have gone on to make, you know, other successful series, you know, whether it be One Piece or Naruto or, you know, probably even uh, My Hero Academia, you know, newer stuff like what we have now, you know, in some way have taken a lot of cues from these specific things, these core things that are built into any even if they're not always like, you know, sprawled out, you know, as as obviously or whatever, you know, from the characters talking about them or whatever. Just the fact that like they're so consistent all throughout. These are these five things I find are the most consistent things that come up from beginning of Dragon Ball all the way up through the end of Z and even are prevalent in, in some different forms in different places around GT and Super, you know, not, not quite as much, but but they're around. I think that I think that Super it seems to be much more about just like the pure entertainment of it as opposed to like, you know, the deeper things necessarily. But uh, but even even so, like we, we um, at the time we're recording this, the uh, the hit a uh, couple of filler episodes just came in and some of those those things, I think, kind of reared their head in a, in a very cute way with, uh, you know, Goku and Hit's relationship and in a, in a way that I, I really enjoyed. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Mike, would you also say that in, in your, you know, 
years and years of of covering the show that do you think that in some way whether it was it was subconsciously or otherwise that these are the things that kept you coming back that kept you so dedicated to this specific show for all this time yeah because like you said they're all a loop um back around again and and that's satisfying to see that gives you closure uh, and it makes you feel good about what you've invested so much time into you you got to grow with these characters and see them accomplish and fail along the way multiple times and make stupid decisions multiple times over and over and over but to see that payoff at the end man that feels great and it, the journey was so amazing and to know that there's more journeys to be had that's awesome i guess uh, my my kind of final point uh about this is dragon ball is still i feel in some ways a series that gets a little bit more flack than i think it deserves when it comes to you know if it's deserving of its success if it's deserving of you know, or, or like, what's the big deal about it? Why do people like this? It's just people screaming. It's just people beating up each other. You know, and, and you know what? Yes, there is a lot of entertainment value to just, oh, it's cool when they, you know, have a cool fight scene and they're shooting laser beams out of their foot <laughs> or like, you know, beating the crap out of each other and there's cool animation or whatever. Sure. Yes, that is entertaining. And, and, and it is entertaining for me to go back to see, you know, the, the, the more badass moments that happen, et cetera. But you know what? I think... I think that that people who really invest and care about this series, especially the fact that like that they are wanting to come back to this and they are wanting to watch it again and they are wanting to see this new stuff, whether it's you know watching it again through Kai or you know watching new stuff with Super or otherwise. Uh, you're welcome, Toonami. I'm not, I'm, we're not sponsored, I swear to God. I just really love this show. Lord knows I am not sponsored by anything associated with the English production of the show. <laughs> but um, but I think that that. At its core, I, I keep saying that word, but really, like, because it, it is, it, this stuff is just ingrained in everything that goes with this story, this long overarching story that has gone on for this long. Uh, I think that this is the stuff that keeps people coming back, that keeps people invested, that keeps people looking back and saying, you know what? No, it wasn't just, I watched this cool show on Toonami in the 90s or the early 2000s or whatever, and... It was cool and it was my childhood. It's like, no, you know, no, actually, Steve Yurko of the One Piece podcast always makes this kind of mocking comment about when people say, Dragon Ball Z was my childhood. And then we're like, Dragon Ball Z is our adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's no separation for me. It is just my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean. <laughs> for me, two points on that. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, it's cool to talk about these awesome things that we saw on TV. And I, in this discussion, I gave a lot of credit to the TV adaptation. Uh, but if you really want to understand these themes, if I may channel our buddy Josh for a little bit here, read the goddamn manga. That is Toriyama's vision for this series. And I think you get such a better understanding of where he's coming from when you're reading it from him himself. And yes, there is editorial influence on the manga. Of course there is. Dragon Ball is a piece of art, but it was also a merchandising powerhouse made to sell things. That series on the printed page exemplifies all of these things. And my second point if I may, if you truly want to understand this stuff, maybe head over to the translation section of Konzenshu and read a few interviews. And by few, I mean dozens, if not hundreds of things with different production <laughs> staff, Toriyama himself. Learn about what went into the production of the manga, of the TV series, of the movies, of the current stuff. There's a lot of thought that went into the creation of it. And when you hear how they developed it, why they developed it the way they did, 
you're going to get a better understanding of what it is. And I'm proud to be one of the four people that can bring that to you in a way that quite honestly has not been done better pretty much anywhere for anything. Sorry, not sorry. Hey, I mean, I no, hey, look, I, I, I always give you guys all the accolades in the world because I fully agree on that. So no, these guys work hard. There's a huge... Uh, there's a huge archive of amazing stuff that is worth checking out on the site. Look, if you want to read just one thing, just go read that interview from Wired from 1996-97, the first issue of 97 there. That's going to give you such... It's, it is Toriyama at his most candid as shit was done for the time being. He wasn't working on anything. He had no ties to anything. He didn't care about any bridges that might be burned. He just said shit. Read that interview. That is going to teach you more about Toriyama and more about Dragon Ball than listening to us two idiots for the last hour and a half. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Yeah, me too. Uh, come back and listen more, please. Please do. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and actually I was going to say too, also to sort of close this, close this out. Part of the other reason I think that uh, inspired um, this uh, this topic is because I've been studying more about like film in general and breaking down a lot of like these, you know, like, like core themes in general. Oh, I, I know. So, Imagine if someone actually qualified to discuss this did so. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, but, but that's where this intrigue comes from. And like, as I've gotten older, like my interest in the, you know, the, the in and out of universe reasons for why these things happen, for why, you know, Toriyama made these decisions for why certain things happen, uh, you know, throughout the manga and also why things in the, in the TV show happen and et cetera. You know, those things are interesting to me because it also has to do directly with like, okay, well, what is it that is being, that is trying, that you're trying to say, with right, this because right. for myself as an artist too, I'm trying to figure out often with my own stories, what am I trying to say with this? And I feel like, okay, well, let me look at the stuff that is, you know, the biggest influence to me. And Dragon Ball is always consistently people that watch my stuff know Dragon Ball influence is very plainly obvious in everything that I do. And I look at it. So I'm like, okay, well, I want to look at this. What is this about? Whether, you know, he knew he was saying this or otherwise, which who the fuck knows? But, you know, maybe he did, maybe he didn't at certain points and some of the things we've talked about or otherwise, who knows? But analyzing, breaking this stuff down, it, it, it not only teaches me a lot, um, you know, about what I want to do, but it makes me further appreciate the fact that like, you know what? No, this isn't just some, you know, stupid kids cartoon. I know, right? Like I was talking about how Toriyama said, this is just entertainment. Please don't think too hard about it. What did we just do? We thought too hard about it and made it something <laughs> far more than it was. But that is the unintentional genius of Toriyama. That is what Torishima saw in Toriyama was a talented cartoonist, but a talented writer who could write his way into and out of corners by the seat of his <laughs> pants and somehow make everything work and have the world fall in love with his creation. So I think, my God, uh, that's going to wrap us up. This is uh, this has certainly become one of my new favorite uh, topic discussion things you and I have done. Uh, I am very glad that you did it with me. I'm very glad that we had this uh, uh, conveniently on uh, the Saturday that uh, a whole bunch of great new Dragon Ball stuff is about to hit TV in the U.S. again. So what you're saying is I need to edit this in time. Ready All go. right. <laughs> <laughs> you got a week. Ready to <laughs> go. Um, my, uh, Mike, thank you, as as always, uh, both for editing it, also just for being part of this. And, no, thank and, you, because yeah. uh, other people are sick or, in the case of someone else, lost his voice. So my podcast for the week <laughs> got thrown out the window. So... <laughs> 
Uh, good. Well, I'm glad I've been convenient for you as well. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess uh, to everybody, happy Dragon Ball Day. Uh, if you uh, are able to, through some legal means, watch uh, Dragon Ball Kai, the final chapters, and Dragon Ball Super tonight on Toonami, please do. Please enjoy all this stuff all over again. You know, and, and maybe, I don't know, if you never thought about some of this stuff before, maybe think about it as you're watching it tonight. Or, I don't know, be amused by Goku being a radish farmer or Gohan being in high school and Videl being adorable because that's what I love. And that's going to wrap us up. I think that's uh, that's it for me and Mike. Uh, Mike, plug your stuff as usual. As always, go ahead. Uh, com. Read that Wired interview. That's it. Cool. And follow him on... Vegito EX on Twitter and Konzenshu Facebook page, all that stuff. I'll have all the links in the description. You can follow me on all the usual stuff. Uh, I guess in the comments below, tell us, uh, do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have other themes, uh, other, other particular deeper things that you kind of took away from Dragon Ball that... Uh, that you think we should have talked about, that you would like to add uh, any other particular moments that maybe we didn't talk about that uh, some of these themes apply to. Anything else, all that you want to add to this, uh, please do. I would love to see your thoughts. And uh, if you're excited about the addition of the new shows tonight, uh, and technically old shows with a new flavor tonight, <laughs> um, you know, let me know your thoughts as well. I hope that you'll be watching it. I hope you'll be celebrating. You'll be celebrating Dragon Ball with a uh, Dragon Ball Day with us. Uh, there's a hashtag as created by Chris Sabat uh, in celebration of this. So uh, we love this. We love the show. We love all of you. We love each other. And uh, don't stop. Don't stop. We're in luck now. Thanks again to Chris for organizing that. Hope you enjoyed the discussion. Again, because we prepared these last couple episodes uh, quite a bit in advance, I don't know what the news has been the last couple of weeks. So next time on the podcast, we will do a little bit. Well, I say this, who knows what the plan is going to be because things always change. Who knows what could be announced? I don't know. Maybe things will be entirely different. Maybe there will be Dragon Ball Super will be canceled and Toriyama's going back to a weekly serialization. I don't know. When I make plans, crazy shit happens. Like, I'm hesitant to make plans. Potentially, theoretically, next time on the show, we'll do a little bit of a news catch-up. And the plan has been, indeed, each year what we like to do is check in. The previous year, we made predictions for that upcoming calendar year. We're going to check in and see how we did and then make predictions for the new year, as well as go over some of those huge news stories from the last year. Hopefully by now you've uh, taken a look at the top five news stories of 2016 that we posted up on the homepage of Konzenshu. So that's a good look ahead to what we have in the near future for you. Uh, I'm just going to leave it, and we'll see you hopefully a week or so from now. For Chris, and then also for the other three dudes here, Heath, Julian, and Jake, I have been Mike, Vegito EX, www.kanzenshuu dot com that is konzenshu.com been a pleasure have a lovely week we'll see you next time